Are you ready to navigate the new way to work? Forbes Books presents Dare to Care in the Workplace with Kathleen Quinn Botaw. Here's Kathleen. My guest this week has spent over a decade playing professional baseball all over the world. He was a member of the World Series winning Boston Red Sox, yay Red Sox, in 2013 and a member of the Israeli national baseball team at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. He is also an emerging author and speaker. His name is Ryan LaVarnway. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hello, good to be here. Great to have you. First and foremost, how's the new addition to your family? Tell us all about baby Blake. Uh, she is good. She eats, sleeps, and poops at this point and cries. So we're, we're getting there. We're getting used to understanding what the different cries mean and how to, how to help her be happy. And, and uh, she's healthy. So that's all that we care about. That's awesome. Well, congratulations to you and Jamie. And little baby Blake's going to have a great life with you two as her parents. That's certainly the goal. I hope we can raise her like you raised John. Well, that's sweet. Well, Johnny, that's why we're together. So let's start there. So my son, John Vota, had the wonderful privilege to work with Ryan as his coach. So I wanted to start there with you, Ryan. How has coaching young men and probably some young women helped you over your career so far? It's definitely something that one reinvigorates my love for the game because you see how much fun these kids have playing it and that's when it's pure right you're not playing for a job or a contract you're playing just because you love it and hopefully not because your parents make you go there um Mm -hmm. makes me love the game and also it reinforces all the little things that i've taken for granted at this point being a pro for 15 years I've, i've been playing baseball for 30. the little things that I've forgotten about 20 years ago that if I do them right, will make me a better player even today are the things that I'm coaching these kids. And it, I think it does make me a better player to get back to basics. Are you still coaching currently? I generally don't during the baseball season because my schedule is pretty rigorous, but in the off season, yes. That's wonderful. So if anybody needs a wonderful coach out there <laughs> for your emerging <laughs> athlete, go for Ryan. Shameless plug for you. So how do, you know, being an athlete, when you were younger and growing up, tell us about your journey to where you are today. Tell us your story. Like when you became, when you started falling in love with the game of baseball. Well, so I, I started playing when I was five. That's the youngest that you could start T-ball. But I had been, even in, in diapers, going to my dad's pickup games on Sundays. He always played. So I was always around it. And when I was five years old and started T-ball, I didn't understand the rules properly, but I, I always had natural ability. And I remember being frustrated that I didn't get to score when the third out was made, even though I beat it to home plate and I was always running. And I just loved being out there. I remember I was the I was one of two seven-year-olds to make the eight-year-old all-star team, one of three <laughs> nine-year-olds to make the 10-year-old all-star team. Like on the way up, I was always definitely one of the better players, but I, I grew up in, in Southern California where it's kind of the best youth baseball, the best high school baseball in the country. So I was never the best player. And I think that helped me because I always had to work really hard. I was a late bloomer uh, as far as I, I grew into my senior year and freshman year of college. I was still growing. So I was never the biggest. I was never the strongest or the fastest. I was always, I always had skills. So I learned a work ethic, especially through high school when I was playing with kids that were four to five years older than me because I was also young for my grade. 
but I had the the physical tools to be able to to play, especially because baseball is such a skill sport and not a like physical athlete dominated like the biggest, strongest, fastest is automatically the winner. So baseball, I think, was perfect for my skill set, my body, my size, my speed. And I just really enjoyed working hard. I really enjoyed the grind. And I saw the benefits. The, the more that I put into it, the more that I got out of it. And that is such a good um, parallel to the business world. How, you know, when you make this great point that I wasn't the best player all the time, but I had to work hard. How can people in the business world who will be listening to this, how can they take that discipline that, hey, I might not be the best at something, but I had the discipline to learn and grow and apply myself into their daily life? You have to remember that not everybody or really nobody starts as an expert, whether it's at a sport or in in industry, whether you need to learn regulations, whether you need to learn sales tactics, nobody starts as an expert. But if you put the time in and you put really focused effort, you can get better. I think everyone's experienced something in their life where they started off and they were a little tough at it, they were a little rough. And then they, they had that light bulb moment where, oh, that's how you do this thing. That's how I have a successful client caller. That's how I send an email that gets responded to, or that's how I, I host a meeting successfully. Whatever, whatever the skill is, everybody's experienced it in some capacity where they learn that, oh, that's how you do it. And then it's got like a snowball effect where, oh, I can do this. I can learn. And then you have that positive snowball versus if you never work hard or you never get to that light bulb moment in the first place, then it can be the reverse. It could be a negative thing of, oh, I'm not very good at this. People don't like doing things that they're not good at. So you have to really initially be willing to put in the work to start to start that process, to start the snowball. And be willing to fail. Yeah, be willing, be willing to fail with an understanding that failure is, can be a lesson and failure can be productive and helpful for you if you use it in the right way. Mm -hmm. What was your greatest failure in baseball? that helped you find your way? Oh man, there's, there's so many times that I have failed. The first one that stands out to me that was really, really productive was in low A, single A. So I was really like five steps away, five leagues that I needed to beat the whole league to get to the big league. So I was very far from my goal, not even close. And I was not playing very much. And I had been drafted in the sixth round as a catcher. We had also drafted a catcher in the seventh round right after me the, the year before. And he was playing every day. He was playing very well. And I was playing okay, but not getting really an opportunity to prove myself or to learn or to grow. And I, I went up to my coach one day, and I, I tried to do it in the most professional and appropriate way possible. But I was like, Coach, I don't want to be here just to keep the other guy healthy so that he can accomplish all his dreams, whereas I'm kind of just just here taking up space. And, and I remember I got pretty emotional. I ended up crying during this meeting with my coach. And he told me what I needed to hear and not what I wanted to hear. What I wanted to hear was, your time's coming. You're doing fine. Just keep it up. But what he told me was, you're not good enough at catching. You're not good, en good enough at this skill where if I put you in the game, you're going to fail and you're going to be exposed and it's going to affect our whole team negatively. So I, need, I needed to hear it because I didn't know I had that glaring weakness. But then he took it one step further to where I'm going to help you with this if you're willing to put in the work. 
So Mm -hmm. that coach and I ended up going out every single day before the rest of the team was there and working on this skill. And I actually saw this coach a couple of weeks ago. He's coaching the the AAA Syracuse Mets now. And we talked about it and he was like, you were always tough enough to have that hard conversation. But if you weren't, you wouldn't have ever made it to the major leagues. You never would have accomplished the 10 years in the majors that you have now. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a failure. It was a, it was a, you're not good enough at defense and you're going to affect the team negatively. But that failure led to all of my success. And that's a great story. And, you know, you know, I've had some as a mom of a hockey player and a baseball player myself, I've had some interesting relationships with coaches, right? So, you know, what makes a good coach in baseball? And also what makes a great mentor for people? Because not everybody's going to be like that coach for you. I I find that the best coaches that I've had are people that I know care about me. Mm -hmm. And I think that they make everyone on the team know that they care. They're not there for their own glorification. They're not just there taking up space and collecting a paycheck. They're there to set the tone and the tone as a team is, is to win and to have fun and to enjoy what we're doing, but then also to help the individuals on the team, all the players accomplish their goals. And, And baseball is such a sport in that I believe it's an individual sport played by a team. Right. If, if the pitcher and the batter are facing each other, nobody can help them. It's one on one. And then you have the team aspect around it. And I feel like connecting it to business for your audience, a lot of businesses, they rely on the individuals to do their job. And if everybody does their job, then the team succeeds. Mm-hmm. So as, as the leader and as, as to answer your question, as my coach, I feel like the coaches help that set the tone as a team, set expectations and and set a culture, but also coach the individuals so that the individuals do their best. They strive towards their goals. They feel like they are fulfilled and they have meaning in what they are doing every single day. And then as the individuals stack up successes, the team succeeds. Right. So there is individual contributions to a team, but the team wins together. There has to be, there has to be individual contributions or the team can't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the coach's job is to have each player or each individual on their team have the best skills possible. And that's their job, to develop that player or develop that person to contribute to the organization or to the team. Yeah, not just the skills, but the mindset and the attitude. At the professional level, these coaches are coaching the best athletes in the world already. Right. You don't you don't get drafted. You don't move up the ranks from from low A to, to high A to double A to triple A to the major leagues unless your athletic skill is already among the best in the world. And what I've noticed is the higher levels that you get in professional baseball, the less coaching actually happens. I think that the coach's role at this point is to, again, set the tone, set a, a culture, and they're almost sports psychologists at this point they're they're coaching mindset they're coaching attitude they're coaching um what do you need to think when you're when you're facing a 99 mile per hour sinker or a i mean these days there's people throwing 103 mile per hour cutters like what what do you have to think to make your body respond in a way that 
you have a chance to hit that pitch because you're not supposed to be able to do that. And if mm-hmm. you have 0.35, so if you have less time than it takes to blink, to put a round ball on a, on a round and hit it squarely, like you need to have your mind in the right place. So coaches are trying to, to teach mindset. Mm-hmm. And that would be very helpful for business leaders out there too, to understand the mindset. So who's your most amazing mentor along the way in professional sports? I really enjoyed playing for for Buck Showalter when I was on the Orioles in 2015. Uh, he's coaching the the Mets now, and he's turned that organization around. And I'm not surprised because he again he's the type of person that makes every person feel valued. I played in two, in 2015. I made the opening day roster for the Baltimore Orioles. I was not supposed to make that team. Their starting All Star Gold Glove catcher hurt himself in spring training. And I was the replacement player for him. So we, I was there for 60 days because he was on the 60-day injured list. And I ended up playing like 12 games. Not a lot, right? Every single day, Buck Showalter would come up to me and say, Hey, if, if, if this guy gets on base, do you think I should bunt? And he didn't care if I thought he should bunt, right? He's asking me because he wanted me locked in on the game. And he wanted me thinking along the lines. And if... If I said yes, he'd be like, why? What about if they if I bunt and then they walk the next hitter and then we have a double play candidate coming up in the hole or something like that? Or he'd walk over to me and say, how many, how many baseball teams in the league wear pinstripes, including alternate jerseys? <laughs> right? Like that's a, that's a little nonsensical, right? <laughs> but he, had, he, he cared enough to come over to me and, and speak to me. He cared. He was checking in on me, checking my attitude. If I was thinking about baseball, and my, my mind was on the game. And I was arguably the 25th man on a 25-man roster. So I was the least important person on the team. And he f- made me feel seen. He made me feel appreciated. And I would have run through a wall for him. Mm. That is just so cool. And, you know, they call baseball the thinking man's game. So, you know, what do you think about that phrase? I hear that all the time. You are actually on the field. Buck actually was engaging you. What does that really mean for us people who are not in the sport every day, the thinking man's game? I think baseball, maybe they call the thinking man's game because there's there's time built in for reflection. There's time built in to game plan for the next pitch. Um, you know, there's, there's pitch calling, there's strategy, there's defensive alignment. Uh, but at this point, they have that in a lot of sports. Football has scouting reports. All, all the money ball all the statistical analysis that's happened in baseball is starting to spread into other sports as well. Hmm, I want to get more into Moneyball and the impact that it's had on baseball, but you know, we have to stop here. Coming up in the second part of my discussion with professional baseball player and public speaker, Ryan LaVarnway. Ryan shares why faith is a big part of his life. I think it's important to believe in and work towards something that's, that's bigger than yourself. I mean, if it's all about you, then it's, it's pretty shallow and pretty meaningless. But if you have a, a bigger purpose or a bigger goal in mind and having some, something spiritual, I, I think definitely helps with that. This has been Dare to Care in the Workplace. To connect with Kathleen, go to KathleenQuinnBotaw.com. Kathleen's book, Dare to Care, is available wherever books are sold. Dare to Care in the Workplace is a production of Forbes Books.